You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there. The hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the Northern Lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Paw Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money. Enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher. I'm a rover. I'm a wanderer. I'm a voyager. I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Robert and you're listening to Mushing Radio here on KVRF 89.7 in the Matsu Valley. RadioFreePalmer.org is our live streaming site and you can hear all of our episodes over on firstpaw.media and check us out on social media as well under the same name, First Paw Media. And tonight I am joined by a junior musher. Her name is Eva Robinson. She is calling in from North Dakota. Eva, how's it going tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? I am fine. Thank you for being on the air. Can you do us a quick favor and just tell us briefly who you are and what you're all about, please? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm Eva Robinson. I am, as of currently, the only competitive dog sled racer in the state of North Dakota. I am a junior musher. I'm just on the cusp of the junior musher, actually. In a year from now, I'm just going to be a musher. No junior title in front of it. That's a big leap. But uh, I've I've been a dreamer my entire life. When I was five, I decided that I was going to run the junior editor ad, and two years ago, I completed that dream. That is awesome, and I know that you made the trek up here to do not only the junior editor ad, but also the Willow Junior 100. I don't know if you know this, Eva, but that runs right behind our house, and I could have been out there taking pictures of you guys uh, with our drone as you ran past. I, I don't remember if you were running that year or not. But again, thank you for joining us today. And let's jump right into this. So you said you're the only competitive musher in the state of North Dakota. And that's that's a pretty yes. big deal. You guys have a big state. Uh, there's <laughs> usually a lot of snow. How in the world are you the only one? Well, there's other recreational mushers around, but a lot of them have aged out of it. You see, uh, mushing in my area, in my state, um, is, has a huge heritage. That's that's how our original school buses were until the 1960s. And then it slowly died off because everyone was moving to Alaska or moving to Wisconsin or Minnesota where there's better trails. And with North Dakota, the um, the temperature is so, um, what do I say, drastic from different times of year. In July, we have temperatures of nearly 100, 100 degrees. Uh, which is really tough for sled dogs. And then the winter, it has gotten below negative uh, 64 before. So it's easier to move to a more hospitable area when that doesn't have um, the highest wind rates in the uh, country. <laughs> right. And so you had come up to Alaska to race, but obviously you have to do your training down there. Tell yes. us about uh, your setup. What is your kennel setup like? How far do you have to go for trails? What's a typical training run look like for you? Well, it depends on the year. Uh, it's very 
the weather in North Dakota fluctuates a lot. So if we have a good, um, good year for snow, then we can train around um, a house and we can leave from um, our driveway, our kennel and run up to 40 miles uh, in the winter time. But in the uh, in other years, we've had to travel at least 300 miles to get to Wisconsin to do a 25 mile training run on sleds. Whereas in uh, fall training, we can run our county roads with the, the ATV. And even though it's really boring running gravel roads and the dogs get sick of it, got to get the miles in. Yes. Yes. So you again, I got to come back to being the only competitive muster. Yes. <laughs> there are recreational guys up there. But I guess, first off, are you in school or are you homeschooled? I am homeschooled. I've uh, switched over to being homeschooled in the first grade just due to mushing. Okay. Yep. So, so with, with your friends and folks that, that you see every day, what do they think about this lifestyle that you're leading? Oh, I, my friends are really supportive. Sometimes I have to, I have to cut them some slack. Sometimes they don't truly understand how much time commitment there is to going into this. Um, but I actually have, I've brought one of my friends to a race with me. Uh, she's always wanted to run. So I'm training her up to be, um, my, my second hand in handling and, um, my B team in races. So, so support is amazing. Of course. So Eva, you said that you uh, have been mushing since you were a little girl. I believe you yes. said right off air that you started when you were three, you're now 17, getting ready mm-hmm. to, to hopefully move over into the adult classes of mushing. What yes. was your first race ever and how did you do? Oh my goodness. I, Okay, so it's not around anymore. After COVID, um, it kind of shut down, but I really want to get it started back up again because that race is so, so dear to me. Uh, it was the Apostle Island Sled Dog Race in Bayfield, Wisconsin. And they had the best, um, uh, what do I say, acclimating race to, from going to uh, just running as a 11-year-old to racing uh, because they had an eight-mile recreational loop that uh families could go on and then the next day the day after you took that um eight mile loop again but just the junior mushers and that was my first ever race i ended up crashing my sled and breaking a different girl's sled on accident losing my team but hey we finished (laughs) and then yeah after that um, the i just kept running that race i did a 25 mile uh race that they had they had different uh stagger system for it and the uh, highest, I think, was a 60 uh, stage stop, but it was shut down before I got to run it. I was going to say, that's how it happens, though, by uh, mm-hmm. crashing crashing and burning, as they say. But uh, but at least you finished and, and you carried on. And so that was about six years or so from, from now. What led yes. up to, to your big trip up to Alaska? Did you say that you came up two years ago to run Junior Iditarod, or was this last year your first? Um, I ran it in 2022 when they had, um, a lot of temperature issues and we actually had to go to Cantwell. Um, wait, no, is that, I, I always mix it up with the town in here in North Dakota. I don't think it's called Cantwell. Actually, we went, we went and ran up, um, by Denali on the Denali highway. Um, so I ran in 2022, not 2023. So in 2022, you came up to Alaska to, to run your first junior Iditarod. And yes, it is Cantwell. And as a matter oh, of good. 
Yes, my daughter, Nicole, ran junior Iditarod twice. She ran one time the uh, the normal route, you know, down here in South Central and what stopped at Yetna Station and all of that. And then her second year, they had to do that Cantwell loop as well, where you go out 60 some odd miles and go to the Alpine Creek Lodge for the night and then turn around and come back. So a little bit different race than the normal Junior, I did, yes. Rob. What did you think about that? Because that's literally the big time of junior mushing. Oh man. Uh, well, in all honesty, uh, I I mean this in the most loving way. Uh, it was just the way that the race, um, just the way timing was. I preferred the Junior Willow because that was the first race that I got to go up and you know be by myself. Whereas the Junior Iditarod, I was training to go and be alone and and do this with just my dogs. Um, but the race got switched. And so the trails that I had been training on were the trails that I would have been running for the junior Iditarod and then everything switched and we were completely in new terrain. And so it was a little nerve wracking. It was definitely hard, but I was, I was just so happy to be there. You know, as I mentioned, Eva, that uh, mm-hmm. Willow Junior 100 are our home trails. That's what we run yes. on every yep. single day. And <laughs> you know, running up uh, up there towards uh, Hatcher Pass on the uh, Herning Trail and all that. Those are much different trails than you see back in your neck of the woods, isn't it? Oh, definitely. North Dakota is flat. We don't have hills like that. <laughs> We got up to Alaska and we started running. It was like, oh my goodness, that's a mountain. And then a friend of mine who's mushy in Alaska, uh, Emily, she was saying, no, that's just a hill. You haven't seen a mountain yet. I'm like, what? Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about your dogs. Uh, Mm -hmm. You said that uh, you have your kennel right there on your guys' property. Uh, yes. Who who are your dogs from? What lines? How many dogs do you have? That sort of thing. Okay, uh, let's see. I have 26 dogs at our house right now, but I always get it mixed up because being down here, most people have a range of like five dogs is a lot. And so um, I believe I have 25, 26 that are just mine. The rest are, belong to my family. Um, and they're, they're a mix of CV line, Maxner line, um, and uh, stump jump uh, from Wade Mars. So nothing uh, to sneeze at there. You have some really good foundational I dogs. Do. There. Some I of the do, top, yeah. yeah, some of the top kennels uh, in in long distance mushing. How did you hook up with those guys? Obviously, uh, here oh. in Alaska, everybody knows who they are. But how did you connect? You're gonna laugh at me. Um, but when I was little, and still is, my favorite color is is green. It's lime green. And when my family, we would, we, we still do, we sit down and we watch the Iditarod like it's our Super Bowl. We watch the ceremonial start, we get snacks and blankets and we just watch it. And I remember this is my first memory of the Iditarod was watching it and seeing a guy in a lime green um, coat and going, that's my favorite musher. Turns out that was Kelly Maxner. Um, and he's originally from North Dakota. So my dad um, had connections and we started, he started talking with him. And turns out that he had um, dogs down here. He retired one of his dogs down here. She had a litter of puppies. And so I saved up my money and I got one of these puppies, my first ever dog. Her name was Coco. And uh, (laughs) from there, uh, we just kept talking. He's become a mentor. And he eventually retired. I think it was the year after that he retired um, his best command lead dog to me. And that was Jace. 
And Jace is he was, he was just a phenomenal dog. My probably my one of my best dogs that I've ever had. Um, and I think that's where it all started. Um, because then, uh, of course, Kelly Maxner's connections with Dallas CV. Um, and then <laughs> oh, through Facebook, um, Sophie uh, Mars reached out to my mom and was like, hey, like, this is really cool what Eva's doing. And so we got tar- started talking with uh, Wade Mars. And it's just, Mushing is such a big family that everybody knows everybody. We do. And it has really changed a lot since uh, Facebook and other social media came Absolutely. about About because back in the day, we only really talked to each other at races and, you know, training runs and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. They also sort of in their own little world. And then you just sort of meet up. And then that's where all the stories would take place. Of course, buying and selling of dogs and gear and who's running the best sled and all that. But now we can see it almost instantaneous. And I know that you guys have a Facebook page. It's called Diva Dogs Racing. I yes. Believe. Yes. We're that, also on Instagram as well. Also on Instagram. And we're going to put mm-hmm. some links to that stuff over on on your Facebook page. But before Perfect. we talk about your drive up to Alaska, oh, I was dear. through on, on your either website or on Facebook that you also do uh, have a dog treat business that you use to help raise money for these races. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, when I was I was in kindergarten and I decided that I was going to dream big and I was going to run the junior did around, my parents, they blew me off. They were saying, no, no, okay, she's going to want to be a ballerina tomorrow and a doctor the next day. She's a kindergartner or whatever. And then I came back at six and I was like, I'm going to run the junior did around. And they're like, okay, that's great. It's great. And then I came back at seven and they're like, okay, that's great. And finally at eight, they were like, okay, this isn't going away. So you need to raise money for this. I'll sell dog treats. And my mom actually named the business Eva Diva Puppy Snacks because they call me Eva Diva, even though I'm not a diva, but the dogs are. And that's how it got started is I was going to sell dog treats $5 a dozen. I was going to get to Alaska. And I did. I did. Are, are these homemade treats that you uh, toil over in the kitchen, baking them up and all that? <laughs> yes. Yep. When we first started, it was like sugar cookies. We would roll them all out by hand and we'd stamp them all with a little cookie cutter. And then we put them in the oven. And now it's pretty much the same, except we have uh, one of those pasta machines that goes on a KitchenAid and it can roll the dough for us. But we still stamp them all out by hand. We still... Um, Dry, uh, dehydrate them so that they have a longer shelf life. We still package them all and um, make sure that they're all up to quality by hand. So when you're getting one of those treats, your dogs are getting one of those treats. I, I, I saw it. <laughs> Excellent. I, I love that. So let's talk about your drive up to Alaska. When you guys decided, yep, this is the year we're going to do this. Tell us a little bit about the trip up uh, did you have any crazy pitfalls? Did the truck break down in the middle of Canada or what? Um, everything that happened on the drive up there happened. Um, we got started. We left on January 1st and we went through uh, Winkler, the portal at Winkler. Um, and because it was just closer to us, we had to go and get our COVID shots to get past the border. And we went up and we got to our Regina, Canada and our serpentine belt fell off. Okay, so we got it repaired and then we uh, kept going up and I don't even remember the names of the towns that we stopped at, but um, at some point we were going at least 
the highest speed, 35 miles an hour, because the roads were so blocked off that my dad couldn't see very far ahead of him. And we would have to pull over and wait out storms for hours upon hours because we could not drive in the uh, in the snowstorms. And then our truck, like it got to negative 54 degrees in the Yukon and our truck started leaking oil. And so we pulled an, into a hotel. Uh, thankfully, it was right across from a Napa. And so we could get the car fixed. They they lifted the dog truck with all the dogs in it onto their little rig and, and fixed our truck. Um, and then we finally got to Alaska. And the first place we stopped in Alaska, one of our dogs got loose. And it was the shyest dog I have, too. Thankfully, she was she didn't get hurt. She didn't go anywhere. She was just seeing other dogs. But <laughs> everything that happened, happened. Oh, my. It took oh us my. seven days when it should have only taken us at least three. <laughs> so so when you came up, uh, did you stay past past the race? Did you get a chance to to do that ceremonial start and the restart and all that like you dreamed of since you were a little kid? Oh, my goodness. My family were such nerds that we wouldn't have missed the 50th running for anything. And then funny enough, like not like the day that we were supposed to be leaving, I think it was the weekend after the ceremonial start, both me and my dad got COVID. And so we had to stay an extra two weeks before we could leave. <laughs> so we we ended up spending um, a lot of time in Alaska <laughs> than we had planned. But we did, wow. we did see the ceremonial start. I actually got to handle for the Barrington twins. And that was surreal because I've looked up to them for my, like my entire life. And so being able to handle their dogs um, at the ceremony start and at the restart was incredible. That is awesome. You truly have gotten the Alaska experience. And I'm sure a lot of <laughs> junior mushers that are that are in that same spot thinking about, man, I am dreaming about doing this one day myself. And, you know, we've had on several junior mushers over the years, and a lot of them have already done Junior Iditarod or the Willow Junior or whatever. Yes. But I'm sure there's a lot of uh, guys and gals out there that mm -hmm. are listening to this podcast and saying, man, I sure would like to do what Eva has done. And I think that you're truly an inspiration. So I, I definitely want Thank to you. see that and, uh, and congratulate you on all your success. Okay, a little bit more before we run out of time here, Eva. Yes. I want to know what a day in the life looks like for you and your kennel. It could either be in the summer or the winter. It doesn't matter. What time are you up? What are you doing during the day? What time do you go to bed? That sort of stuff. All right. Well, I'd say I'm getting up uh, around six to seven every day on like the usual thing. And I'm um, going out and feeding my dogs. Uh, let's let's just go on winter, winter schedule. I have to get up, feed my dogs and the um meat that we get I have to um put boiling water over it and then let it sit so that it's warm for the dogs um and then we I feed the dogs I come back inside I do school um and then by the time I'm done with school around three o'clock it's time to go run dogs it's a good temperature depending on the day if in the fall it's more more so we're running around seven but in the winter it's really nice to go out and run at three four o'clock and then come back, have some supper, and then go to bed. <laughs> and, and that just goes on day after day after day. And it's a routine. It, it is. So how do you work in 
a teenage social life. You said that your your friends are very supportive, but how in the world do you ever have time to go to the movies? Or oh. I know you guys probably don't go to the mall anymore, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's difficult. I have had to sacrifice a lot of being a teenager um, to being a musher. Um, a lot of the times my friends will be like, oh, are you doing this today? And I'll be like, no, I'm running dogs. They Just like I have been for the last two weeks and so they'll go out and they'll tell they'll they'll um they'll do their own thing and the crummy thing about social media nowadays is that you get to see everything that they did you don't just get to be like oh well I hope they had fun um you get to see everything that you didn't get to go and do but I would I'll, I'll always trade it for the dogs because when you get out on the trail and it's just silent and you can hear just the snow underneath the runners it's just so peaceful it's amazing you don't have to be overthinking about what what other kids your ages are doing. You're just with the dogs. It's awesome. Well, I may be a little biased here, Eva, but I would have to say out on a 40-mile training run in Alaska and seeing the northern lights may be a little bit better Ooh. than going to the movies on a Friday night, don't you think? I agree with that. When I was in Alaska, I was so bummed out. I never got to see the northern lights. So hopefully I'll get to see them this time. Yep, you have to come back. Okay, so the I next question I have is, tell us about one of your dogs. Do you have a favorite? Who is it? And what's a quick story about him? Oh, man, uh, I got two. I could, I could say Jace because he, he trained me as well as he trained the rest of my dogs. But I'll have to go with Frost. She's my blue harness winner, my best command lead dog, uh, my Togo, if you will, Um she ran single lead for me um, at the junior Iditarod when no one else was going to lead for me. And I thought I was going to have to quit the race of my dreams. She pulled through and she she guided my team um, to that very finish line. And I knew she could do that because um, I I trust her more than I trust people, honestly, sometimes just her more than I trust myself. Um, and she proved that to me on a training run a couple of years back. Uh, there was a snowbank that was higher than um, herself. It was probably half the height of me. Uh, and because the roads had been plowed and we had had to run on the roads at that time before we could get back on the trail. And so there's this huge snowbank. And I did not, I thought I'd have to get off and stomp out a trail for them to get on. But I just called it the command and she jumped right in, pulled the whole team with her. It was, it was a Disney moment. It was amazing. And how old is Frost? She is now retiring. She is uh, eight, nine. <laughs> she's, okay. she's, she's getting up there. But hey, she is at the perfect age to still train puppy teams or whatever. Yeah. She doesn't have a big race, does she? Yeah, funny enough. Um, okay, so she got through two vet exams at the Junior Willow and the Junior Durod. No one knew a thing. But the weekend after we got back from Alaska, she had a litter of puppies that we did not plan. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so I have I have puppies from her now. Okay, well, they, hey, that's mm. that is the next uh, uh, core of of super dogs, if you will. Yeah, yeah. on that. Okay, next question here. Mm -hmm. I ask these questions to everybody on the podcast, so I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. So the next one is, where do you see the sport of mushing? And that could be I did a rod junior mushing, dry land, any any area of mushing you want to mention, where do you see the sport in the next five or 10 years? Five to 10 years. I feel like it's just like everything. It's uh, There's waves of it. So I feel like we're going to have a bit of a lull 
um, it's a declining sport. We're going to have a bit of a lull, but I have faith that it's going to make a really big comeback. We have a lot of really good um, future out there. Um, a lot of the competitors that are, competitors that I raced against um, at the Junior Didrod and uh, raced with at the Junior Willow, uh, they were giving their all more than um, this was this was said by a, um, a race official, not by not by me. I'm, I'm quoting this. Um, giving more than I've seen Iditarod mushers give um, on that race in their entire racing careers. And I think that speaks a lot. I feel like um, the power that's and, and passion that is coming from junior mushers is really going to revive the sport. I agree with you. I think that that truly is the, the, uh, the next wave, and I hope that it, it works mm -hmm. out. For sure. So the next question may not even be mushing related, but this is always a fun one to ask. And that is, do you have a book, a website, a blog, a YouTube series, a Netflix documentary or what that you're watching right now? And what is it and what makes that good for you? Oh, geez, uh, so much. I'm a huge fan of history and I'm a huge fan of Broadway. So I'm going to go cliche and I'm going to say um, I really like listening, not watching specifically, but I like listening to um, a lot of show tunes like Hamilton. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I would say I like a lot of really historical shows um, like, and then fantasy things like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, those are all good choices for sure. I have not had a chance to see, Hamilton. I know that it's coming up to Alaska, I believe next year. So maybe we'll have to get tickets to that. I know that it's huge everywhere else, but we're always the last one to get everything up here. Oh, yeah. Of course you guys are. You're the last <laughs> frontier. Yes. Yes. So the next one is who is someone in your network? And that could be a mushing mentor. It could be a friend of yours. It could be a family member. Who in your network is up to great things and how can we reach out? And maybe they can be on the podcast someday if it's a musher. Uh, I, my first thought, um, he isn't a musher. Uh, his name's Levi Gagner. I have a dog that's named Hope after his organization, Levi's Hope. She's the, all my dogs were, um, they were green. She's the only dog that I had that wears blue. She wears blue for Levi's Hope because, uh, so Levi Gagner, he has a rare form of muscular dystrophy that only two people in the uh, the entire world have. And so Levi's Hope is a foundation to uh, raise awareness and raise money to other families uh, struggling with uh, muscular dystrophy as well. And so Levi's Hope, um, they're in our area. They're personal friends of mine. And I feel like they're doing wonder, wonderful things. Well, hopefully you can find a link for those guys and we'll definitely uh, share the love a little bit and, uh, Absolutely. and talk about them on your show for sure. So the next one is, what are you grateful or thankful for right now? Oh, I would have to say I'm thankful for um, the support of my community. It takes um, a village to to raise a kid, but it takes a state to, uh, to mush dogs, I would have to say. Um, the amount of support I've gotten from my home state, as well as in Alaska, Alaska has been so hospitable. Um, you guys were amazing up there. And <laughs> I, I, I prefer you guys to uh, lower race mushrooms. You guys are so welcoming. Um, but I would have to say, I'm, I'm just so thankful that um, I'm able to live in a time where, um, you know, I can, I can be where I am and I can be a musher and I can just do it. 
I like it. Uh, it. It truly does take a village to to get us to the starting line. And when you have the whole state behind you, since you're the only competitor yes. in what, well, there's not a lot of people in Fargo in in, in North Dakota. I wanted to say Fargo. Oh, I guess no. that's because it's that's the right, that's our most populated. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. there's not a lot of people up there. But my goodness, mm-hmm. the only one. That's that's a pretty impressive thing. You need to put that on your dog truck. Put on there North Dakota's only competitive musher. I um I flag the I fly the North Dakota flag at all of my races um since Alaska. And funny enough, ever since I started racing, whenever I'll go to a race, um people recognize me. They don't know who my name what my name is, but they'll go, Hey, North Dakota's here. So I take that as a compliment being North Dakota. <laughs> course. Okay, couple of last things here before we go. Do you have mm-hmm. any special shout outs or sponsors you want to thank anybody like that? Uh yeah, I want to thank uh KLN Family of Food Products and their uh line of Nutrisource food. They've been a huge support to me and uh I food is so well done that, that it's just it helps my dogs a lot as well as um keeping them in shape all year round. Uh even though in the summertime they get to just be dogs and um, their their popcorn's really good too. The human food is really good too. Um, so yeah, I'd like, like, like to thank them. As well as uh, We Care Pediatric Dentistry in Big Lake, Alaska, my host family. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That, that's mm-hmm. great. Do you still keep in touch with them? I do, yeah. yeah. Um, Kelly Maxner, he is... Uh, he runs up the pediatric mentor of mine. Yeah, that's his mm-hmm. uh, clinic up here. Very yes. good. All right, Eva, I know we're going to pass along some links and stuff on your show notes page, but did we forget yes. anything or is there anything else you want to tell the listeners out there? You have people literally listening all over the world. You're going to be surprised at how many people know that North Dakota musher now. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, just dream big don't give up and stay humble <laughs> that's, that's my, those are my three bits all right so there you have it guys eva robinson calling in tonight from north dakota she's up to big things we might just see her in the big race in just a couple of years she's a 17 year old musher and hopes to one day i'm sure run the iditarod or one of the other big races as well eva thank you for being on the show and we'll talk again soon okay Absolutely. Thank you. All right. On behalf of our guest today, this is Robert from Mushing Radio. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. From First Paw Media, this is Mushing Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You will find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe too. Your host is Robert Forto. Our producers are Michelle Forto, Alex Stein, and Tony Ryder. Our executive producer is Robert Forto. Created for First Paw Media.